And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Attention, people of Earth. Do not resist us. All who oppose us shall be annihilated. We command the most powerful army of monsters in the universe. They are sure to defeat your Earth monsters. All those who are hearing this are now under the control of the Earth Destruction Directive. 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 And Merry Christmas, and welcome to Earth Destruction Directive, a Daikaiju podcast. I am your host, as always, Mr. Luke Giaconetti. I'd like to thank everyone for downloading and listening to the show today. And we have a very special show for you today as we continue our rather suspect and ultimately questionable tradition of covering Power Rangers Christmas episodes here as a Christmas special uh, for all of you fine people today. So without much further ado, let's get right into it. Today we're going to be taking a look at the episode of Power Rangers Samurai entitled Christmas Together, Friends Forever. And this originally aired on December 10th, 2011 on Nickelodeon. It was directed by Jonathan Bro and was written by Jill Donellan and Amit Bahalmik. And goes a little something like this. In the city of freezing and clearly under the weather, Bulk and Spike admire a dirt bike in a shop window, but they can't afford it. Bulk decides to buy some hot chocolate instead. At the Sheba house, Mentor G delivers a Christmas tree. Mia wants to decorate it with lots of pink stuff, but Mike tells her that they need to set up the tree before they decorate it. Mike then calls Emily to help out. Emily is finishing up writing her sister a Christmas letter. She starts the email talking about their memories from the Origins episode. Emily continues with her times with Mike, and then writes about Mike's journey to becoming a better samurai. Emily then turns her attention to Mia, who has always been one of her great role models. Emily tells her sister about her admiration and memories of Mia, including their fake wedding mission. She also reflects on herself, including her tendency to be accident-prone, and how Mia took her under her wing when they both joined the samurai team. At the garage, Bulk prepares to rebuild his old bike for Spike, but it is a little beyond his skill set. Back at the Shiva house, the rangers continue to set up the tree. Mia enters the room and remembers her moments with Jaden, including his endless training to improve himself as the team leader, and how he had to learn to balance that with time off. Mia's thoughts continue with Kevin's dedication to the samurai life. Kevin asks Mia for help wrapping presents, which reminds him of Mia's incredibly bad cooking skills. While everyone finishes up the Christmas tree and prepare for eggnog, Emily writes about Antonio and the Gold Ranger in her email. She follows up how they worked as a team and learned to never give up. Back at the garage, Spike and Bulk talk about their good and bad memories, including many pratfalls and messes in the past year. 
On Christmas morning, the Sheba house is covered with freshly fallen snow. Mike wakes his friends up to a swarm of gifts under the tree. Mentor G hands out the gifts, which the Rangers all love, but Mike is confused and then saddened as there are no gifts for him. Meanwhile, at the garage, Bulk and Spike exchange gifts, a new pair of gloves for Spike, and a much-needed box of tissues for the still-sick Bulk before the pair head out to play in the snow. Back at the Sheba house, Mentor G reveals Mike's gift, a motorcycle, which he immediately takes out for a ride. Later, Mike returns without the motorcycle. He says that he saw a couple of guys in the park with nothing, so he gave them the bike because they really needed it. It turns out to be, you guessed it, Bulk and Spike, who can be seen flying the motorcycle through the air, following after Santa's sleigh, before wishing us happy holidays. Now, as you can, as you heard from the beginning, this is quite a number of years after the last Power Rangers Christmas special, uh, which we covered last year, which was uh, a season to remember on Power Rangers Zio. And the reason for this was um, after Saban lost control of the show, uh, many years after Zio, actually, it went over to Disney for Ninja Storm. Uh, then Saban ended up getting it back after RPM, and when he brought the show back with Samurai, he reinstituted the Christmas episodes, and we've had Christmas episodes since, but there's a big gap in there. That's not the only thing he brought back, as, uh, he also brought back the Go-Go Power Rangers song during Samurai. There is a lot of, uh, kind of throwback nostalgia stuff, uh, in this show, uh, in this series, uh, to kind of remind everyone of Mighty Morphin. I guess that's what Saban wanted to get back to, but that having been said, this is kind of a character-driven clip show. It serves sort of as an end cap for Samurai before they transition into Super Samurai, uh, which started in 2012. Now, the reason for this is that, and again, this is something that Saban has done, is that uh, instead of doing a full season of, of episodes, they do like two smaller seasons. So Samurai is, is of 20 episodes, and it covers like the first half of the sh episodes they adapt from Shin Kenger. And then the second half is Super Samurai, which covers kind of the second half. Now, when the next year, they would do Megaforce, which covered all of Gosiga, and then Super Megaforce, ridiculous title aside, which was the second season, which covered Gokaija. And they've, they've kind of kept this going. But anyway, uh, the main thing you've got to know about this is that this is kind of the last episode of Samurai before they transition over to Super Samurai. So in that sense, having kind of a clip show makes sense. Um, we start out with Bulk and Spike, and they are clearly freezing cold and sick, yet they're walking around the city. It's like, go home, you fools. Go inside. Why are you walking around the city? I understand you want to get some hot chocolate, but just get it and go. Just, just come on, man. You're going to, you're going to give your, catch your death out here. It doesn't make any sense. Now in the uh, Sheba house, we catch up with the Rangers and Emily is writing an email to her sister and she has a yellow laptop naturally, because of course she has a yellow laptop. Also interesting in this scene is that we see the email that she is writing. We see the email address to her sister, and it's coming from powerrangersmail.net. And uh, that is not a real URL, at least not here in 2017, but I just thought that was really funny that they apparently have their own ISP. So the bulk of the episode, as opposed to the character bulk of the episode, the bulk of the episode is uh, little uh, segments looking at each character and kind of you know, covering some, uh, you know, re recapping the progress they've made over the year in their characters. And the first one we see is Mike, and Mike is depicted as having to take samurai life a little more seriously, still basically a kid at heart. A lot of his clips involve him training or learning to dedicate himself a bit more. There's a sequence of him uh, trying to anticipate Nylock attacks while training on the dock. 
Uh, Mike's kind of a, I never really got a real strong feeling for Mike. He is kind of a, the sillier one of the five base Rangers on this show. He's the one most likely to make a joke or to do something, uh, an attempt at being funny. And so I guess that kind of jives with him being a kid at heart. It, it's kind of overstated a little bit in this episode, but it's Christmas, so that's that's kind of okay. The next character we take a look at is Mia. And now Mia, as a character, is one of the more put-together Samurai Rangers. She doesn't have as many obvious kind of broad character traits. She's a little more reserved, and she's better at what she does. She picks stuff up very quickly as, com as a, compared to some of the other Rangers. So it makes sense, not really surprising, that Emily talks about how much she looks up to and admires her. That makes a lot of sense. The two girls on the team obviously bond, and then Mia is a little more, um, you know, uh, like I said, put together than Emily is. So, um, uh, you know, obviously kind of, you know, strives to be more like Mia. Her bad cooking, though, is is kind of a, a running gag here. And it sounds like it's something like an anime-style joke, but, and it still kind of is, because which actually comes directly from Shinkenger. Uh, where Shinken Pink was also a terrible cook. Not an uncommon thing in anime and tokusatsu to have a uh, a female lead character just be an incredibly bad cook. I'm not. It's some great comedy you can mine from that. And the meal that she makes for uh, Kevin in the flashbacks, it looks really, really bad. So uh, kudos for really sticking to your guns on that one. Uh, one of the clips that we see is the fake wedding episode where, uh, if I'm remembering the details right, the Nylocks were attacking brides. And so they actually have a fake wedding where she appears to be getting married to Jaden and the other Rangers are sitting in the audience. There's a bit where, uh, uh, Mike makes a comment about, look at them probably bawling their eyes out. And he turns around and sees Kevin crying. Kevin's like, it's my allergies. <laughs> and I remember that fake wedding episode because it got a lot of play when it was at a lot of hype when it was about to air because Mia's in a full bridal ensemble, you know, and, uh, Jaden's up there in his tux. So when you take pictures of, two rangers in, you know, wedding gear out of context. It makes great fan site clickbait. It's like, oh, you won't believe the wedding that's going to happen on Power Rangers Samurai. And it's like, you know, obviously it's all fake, but reminds me of the classic wedding episode uh, back in season three when Rita married um, uh, Lord Zed through use of a love potion. And the advertising for that, it's like, this week on Power Rangers, there's a wedding. And then you cut to Cat yelling, Tommy! So it's like they were clearly pushing in the same kind of fake-out thing here, but here they actually put Mia in a full wedding dress. So I thought that was really great to, to see that uh, see that picked up again. And it's a memorable moment. So Now, speaking of our other female Samurai Ranger, Emily is kind of hard, but not too hard on her accident-prone self. Uh, she does kind of put herself down a little bit, but she's not really, like, real severe about it. You know, it's kind of good-natured. Um, her clumsiness is another trait, much like Mia's bad cooking that is ported over from Shinkenja. Uh, Shinken Yellow was kind of a klutz a little bit. Um, what's interesting here, and I never really kind of thought about this until I watched this episode, but her admiration of Mia is interesting because Emily was a replacement for her sister. The one, her sister that she's writing to was the one that was originally supposed to be the Yellow Samurai Ranger, but she is sick. So that's how Emily inherited it. And so it makes sense that Emily would kind of see herself as second rate since this was supposed to be her sister's position. And so here she looks up to Mia because she sees Mia as being, you know, so much uh, better at doing this stuff that she wants to be more like her. So the two of them um, forming a friendship beyond the obvious, uh, you know, the girls have to pair up on a Power Rangers show does make sense when you look at their characters. And I, I like that approach. Um, it's, it's a little bit different than, let's say, the classic 
original Power Rangers, uh, you know, pink and yellow of Kimberly and Trini, where it made sense that they were friends because they both had similar, um, you, you could see the, the, the common ground that they could stand on, but they were both very different in their interests and personalities, but they all, but they were both fairly self-assured and confident and put together. Whereas here, M sees herself as a bit of a mess and Mia as something to strive for, which is kind of interesting. Whereas Mia just looks at Emily as her friend, doesn't think of it in those terms. Uh, the next recap we get is Jaden, and it focuses very much on him having to find a balance between uh, training and downtime. The thing about Jaden that's always kind of turned me off is he's pretty bland, uh, both personality-wise and his actor. It doesn't really strike me as all being all that interesting. So this kind of personification of him makes sense, being the guy that doesn't have a whole lot of personality and mostly is into training. Uh, the new footage of them decorating the tree shows him acting silly. He's putting bows all over Mike at one point, which is atypical for Jaden, but it does drive home and put over the point that he needs to find a better balance and that he's worked on that over the years. So uh, this was probably the least interesting segment of the six uh, Rangers, just because to me, Jaden is probably the least interesting of the six Rangers on the show. So that's not really too surprising. Now, the odd thing is the next segment is Kevin and Kevin is praised for his dedication to the samurai life. They say that he's the last one to go to bed and the first one to get up and he does everything as hard as he can. So it's like, well, okay, so Jaden needs to find a work-life balance, but Kevin kind of just, you know, doing samurai stuff all the time, that's okay. I'm not really sure what the message is there, uh, nor what, what to make of that. And what's interesting here, we do get some Zord footage here because we get the sequence of uh, where Jaden uh, um, tasks him with catching and controlling the swordfish Zord. So there's a whole thing of him using his uh, his samurai sword like a, a fishing rod to reel in this giant swordfish and capture his power into the power disc. So that's pretty neat to get some Zord footage. Um, we see Kevin actually measuring wrapping paper for a gift, and Mia puts this over to his very precise methodical manner, but then she also turns around and praises his creativity, his ability to solve problems creatively, which we see them in the in the uh, Samurai Megazord where he says, well, if we combine the Zords in this way, we can do this. So Kevin's kind of an interesting character because to, in a lot of ways, he's very much, he, he's a lot of ways very type of a, a Japanese style character in that he's he's good at what he does. He's very talented, but he's always trying to study and improve and make himself better. Um, he is again, very similar to Shinken Blue, which makes sense considering how the other characters in the series are kind of in line with their Shinkenger counterparts. It's just interesting to see that on an American show. Um, you know, it's not, he's not, uh, it, it's played a little bit for last, but at the same time, it's also played straight his, uh, you know, the way that he looks up to Jaden and admires his, his team leader and does everything he can to be as good as his team leader. To me, that is a very Super Sentai style characterization, less so than a Power Ranger style characterization. So it's interesting to see it uh, taken pretty much, um, you know, again, straight from Shinkenger. A lot of elements of the show are taken straight from Shinkenger. So that's not, not real surprising, but it is kind of interesting to see that because it's very atypical. Um, now the last segment for the Rangers is Emily, uh, is writing to her sister. She'd talk about Antonio and Antonio's segment focuses mostly on his goofiness, including him catching his fishing fly in the seat of his pants and tearing his pants, which is, you know, anytime you can tear your pants, that's always comedy gold, right? But it also does put over his skill as a gold Ranger and how fast he is. You can see some nice footage of him hacking up, uh, the, uh, some Nylock soldiers with his, uh, with his Barracuda blade, which I always like the Barracuda blade and the way that he, he, uh, you know, uses it and how he has a, he doesn't have a sword like the other Samurai Rangers do. 
Uh, his fishing gets some attention, which is nice. I really always like the idea of a fishing uh, ranger. My friend Joe is another big fan of that aspect of him. There's a great scene with him and Decker where uh, this is when Decker, who's uh, uh, um, uh, Ricardo Medina, who also played Cole on Wild Force, and has gotten himself into some legal trouble over the last uh, year or so. But in any event, where um, Decker is out wandering looking for the ultimate duel, and him and Antonio, in their human forms, just happen to cross paths. And Antonio stops and says, I know why you're here. And you see Decker look over his shoulder and squint his eyes all menacingly, and he says, look, here's what the fish are biting today. And the two of them sit down and share a meal of the fish that Antonio caught. It's a very much like something out of a, a, a samurai film with a case of, you know, um, you know, this unknown identity of two who two people who would be enemies if they knew who each other were just sitting down and and sharing a, a meal as common travelers it's a great little bit and i always liked antonio from that point because it showed a guy that was was honest and uh, you know was looking to help other people um unfortunately antonio is not present in the new footage only in flashback uh, the Power Rangers Wikia kind of hand waves this saying, oh, he must be off visiting his family because that's Antonio's backstory is that he grew up at the Sheba house as the son of uh, servants. And then they moved away when they left the service and that he came back to reconnect with uh, with Jaden, who was his childhood friend. Uh, so but it would have been nice to see Antonio in there. I could imagine wearing in like, you know, a, like a bright gold and blue sweater or something like that for it. But uh, unfortunately, not the case here. Uh, Bulk and Spike's flashbacks are, unsurprisingly, a lot of messes and head trauma. This is old hat stuff from back in the MMPR days when Bulk and Skull would inevitably end the episode with something spilling on them or falling or getting their heads bumped or something like that. And Bulk and Spike kind of fill the same role here. Uh, interesting, um, you know, depending on how your take on Bulk and Spike versus Bulk and Skull, I always liked it because it kind of mirrored the, you know, Mentor G and the Ranger um, relationship to have Bulk trying to teach Spike how to be a samurai when, you know, Bulk obviously has no idea what he's doing. Uh, but, uh, you know, so they're, they're, they play a small role in this as they do pretty much in the entire series but it's it's fun and uh, always good to see some classic you know pratfalls and slapstick from these two now the final segment of the show is christmas morning and as uh, mike is the first one to wake up having camped out in front of the christmas tree and he runs around the sheba house like a little kid uh he's because he sees the snow outside he's like everybody wake up it's christmas it's christmas wake up wake up and uh any of those of you with kids know how this goes we always joke that what we want to do is have a full english breakfast before we open presents on Christmas, just to make the kids have to go through all the all the different food. But uh, um, there are some amusing gifts that are handed out. Uh, Mia receives a cookbook, which Kevin advises her to please read it. Uh, uh, Kevin himself gets a watch, which he says, this is just what I needed. My old one was three seconds slow, which is, uh, is kind of funny. Uh, G, uh, Mentor G, almost appears to be relishing not giving gifts to Mike, like keep things like, and this one's for Mia. And he goes around Mike instead of giving it to him. Um, and you can see Mike getting more and more depressed considering how stoic G is normally presented. This is kind of funny. Um, again, it's, it seems like a, uh, uh, you know, it's kind of an obvious gag, but I'm okay with it. It's, it's kind of a broad joke, but I, I like it. It, it works. Um, now the, uh, the last segment of course shows Mike giving his bike away to some guys that really need it. And of course it turns out to be bulk and spike, which of course is not really a surprise since they were looking at a very similar bike at the beginning of the episode. Now the whole bit with them uh, flying the bike through the air, like ET and chasing after Santa's sleigh. Yeah, this doesn't make any sense, but you know what? There's a whole lot of stuff with bulk 
whether with Skull, without Skull, or with Spike, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense in the history of this character in this franchise. So you know what? I'm willing to let it slide. This whole episode has been kind of a, uh, you know, a puff piece anyway, so that's okay. We'll go for a gag and have, uh, you know, Bulk and Spike doing a loop-de-loop on a flying motorcycle chasing down Santa before wishing us happy holidays. So I'm okay with that. Now, overall... This is a a much less ambitious approach to a Christmas episode than we've gotten in the past, but not necessarily a better approach. I like the idea of a clip show reflecting back on the year, but unfortunately there's still no real action and ultimately is pretty forgettable. It's better than a season to remember, which, if you recall, had everyone kind of arguing and fighting, and I didn't like that one. It, It didn't... I don't know. It just didn't do much for me. But at the same time, it's not as crazy or absolutely inane as I'm dreaming of a white ranger, which you may recall had the rangers having a snowball fight with Goldar and Rito at the North Pole. And that's hard to top from a sheer craziness standpoint. I don't feel that I need to add, but I shall for the sake of completeness, that this is a lot better than Alpha's Magical Christmas. Just put, putting that out there. That's my opinion. I'm sticking to it. You're free to disagree, but I don't, you're going to have a hard, hard time convincing me otherwise. Um, I would have preferred to have more flashbacks with action. You know, if we're going to have a flashback clip show, let's, let's show some fighting. Let's show some, you know, the power-ups and, you know, uh, spinning the discs on the swords and stuff. But as a way, you know, when I really think about it as a way to end the year and put a big bow on it and get ready for the big changes that were coming, this is all right. It's not great, but it's okay. Perfectly serviceable Christmas clip show episode. Now, this was released to its own DVD, and I know what you're saying, wow, one episode on DVD. They also put I'm Dreaming of a White Ranger and a Season to Remember on it, so it's kind of like a Power Rangers Christmas DVD. Uh, this, uh, I I do not believe this is included, because I didn't check, but I, I every place I've looked, I've not seen it. This was not included either on any of the volumes of episodes for Power Rangers Samurai, nor the Samurai Complete Season set. So if you really want to watch this, you're going to need to get that DVD. It also is available on Netflix, but a word of uh, advice, it is not included under the regular listing of Power Rangers Samurai. you got to search for this one specifically. Because at first I was like, oh man, this is not on Netflix. And then I said, well, let me try something. And so I put in Samurai Christmas, and then it popped up. I'm like, ah, there it is. It's much like the Clash of the Red Rangers movie, which is also, um, uh, was released to its own DVD and is not part of the season set, but is on Netflix under its own title. So, so you can, you, if you want to find this, you can check it out on DVD or Netflix and get your, you know, get a little, uh, Power Rangers Merry Christmas on. All right, that's about it, I think, for uh, Christmas Together, Friends Forever. Have you seen this one? What do you think? Write in, let me know. Um, you know, uh, again, these Power Rangers Christmas ones, it's uh, <laughs> it's always always something weird at the end of the year, I tell you what, when I do this. And, uh, you know, 2017 has been kind of a... Uh, an odd year for, for everybody, I think. You know, uh, as I've gotten older, I've come to the conclusion that there's no such thing as a quiet year. Um, you know, you, you hope to have a year where you just kind of stay the course and, you know, nothing too crazy, don't rock the boat, but uh, they, they don't seem to ever happen. Uh, 2017 has been a big year for me, a lot of changes in my personal life, um, some changes in my family life. You know, I've spent uh, a lot of time on the road this year for work. I've been had to do some stuff this year that, you know, I would, I would love not to ever have to do again. Uh, that that's, but that's everybody. Everybody has the things in their life each year that, that happens that they don't plan on. 
and that uh, you got to do when you look back and it's like, wow, how did I get through that? It's like, well, I got through that the same way I get through everything else. You know, uh, I, I like to say that when you make plans, that's when God laughs. And that has been 2017 for me. Um, as far as the, the podcast, I think we've had a great year. Uh, you know, we had 11 episodes this year, which is the same as we had last year. I, I know this time last year, I said, I hope to surpass that didn't happen this year. Once again, I'm hoping to, to get more episodes out this year and give you guys more content. Um, we had one guest on this year, which was the hair metal hero, Chris Tyler, who talked to Mighty Morphin from Power Rangers, a movie with me. And many thanks to, to Chris, who has been a great friend, a great friend and a great colleague here on two true freaks for many years. And I always appreciate getting his, uh, getting his input on anything that I do. And I hope to have more guests next year again. That's always the goal. Uh, I do have some great, some guests lined up and talks already. So hopefully we can get that stuff out to you guys and uh, get you even more voices other than mine on this show. Because frankly, listening to my voice every day gets annoying for me. I can't imagine what it is for some of you. Um, I want to just say uh, right now to thank you. Just such a big thank you to all the listeners out there all the emailers, all my fellow uh, freaks on the Two True Freaks Network, all my Facebook and Twitter followers and supporters, all fans of the show, thank you so much. Because th without you guys, this show wouldn't exist. You know, there's... Um, th there's when you decide to make a podcast, and I've said this every year, it's an absolute labor of love. You do this because you love this stuff and you want to share it with others. It's one thing to go on a message board and talk about Godzilla or Power Rangers or Ultraman or whatever, or to go on a blog or whatever. But if you putting yourself out there, putting yourself out there on a podcast where it's your voice and it's your time and it's your effort and you're doing it not to make money. You know, not to get ad clicks, not for any of that. You're doing it because you want other people to hear it and you want to share that with other people. It's a powerful thing. And when you get that feedback, when you get those comments, when you get those emails, you get those thumbs up, those retweets, all that stuff, it's so, it's so affirming. It's so affirming of what you're doing and that there are people out there that enjoy what you're doing. And that to me is the greatest thing of this whole podcast gig that we've been doing here for, uh, cheese and rice for, I mean, it, th this is, this is, we started this show in 2011 and in this, we're ending 2017 and we're still going, uh, still going strong here. And, uh, it's because of all you guys, you guys and girls out there that listen to the show. And, and I appreciate every, each and every one of you. And I thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Because as I said, without you guys, there would be no work destruction directive. And I would not have the opportunity to share my thoughts, my feelings, my opinions with all of you and to get your thoughts and your feelings and your opinions back. And I, and I so appreciate that. And I, I, I plead, please, any podcast you listen to, whether it's mine or you don't listen to my show regularly, whatever show you're listening to, send those those podcasters an email or a Facebook comment or something and just say, hey, you guys are doing a great job. I love your show. I listen to your show every week, every month, whatever it is, because all of them are taking time away from other things to do this. And it's for the listeners. And I do this. I try to be a good emailer for that very reason, because I want to tell them, hey, I'm appreciating what you're doing. And I and I deeply, deeply appreciate everyone who, who listens to the show and takes the time to let me know that they appreciate what I'm doing. So, you know, this is going to be the last time that we are going to talk in uh, 2017. Again, I want to thank everybody for all your support this year. And I want to wish everybody a happy and safe holiday season, whatever holiday it is you celebrate around this time. That's Christmas or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or what have you. Uh, I want to wish everybody a happy and again, above all, safe New Year's Eve and New Year's. You know, keep keep yourself safe out there. Uh, you know, I 
And my wife and I, we tend to stay in. But if even if we go out, we still stay in. We sleep sleep it off somewhere, get a babysitter, that kind of stuff. So, And I would ask that everyone, please, just remember how blessed you are and have everything you have to be thankful for this year. And to keep in mind those people, maybe in your circle, maybe in your community, maybe even in, in your own family, who don't have as much to be thankful for this year and to reach out to them this holiday season. Um, we've got some great stuff coming in 2018. I hope all of you will join me for that. And, uh, you know, we're going to keep going onwards and upwards here on Earth Destruction Directive. So thank you once again. And from me to you, keep them stomping and Merry Christmas. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. This has been Earth Destruction Directive, a Dai Kaiju podcast, produced and created by me, Luke Giaconetti, as part of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, available at twotruefreaks.com. This is a fan work celebrating the history and culture of Japanese giant monsters. All movies, TV shows, comic books, characters, and other intellectual property is copyright their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended or implied. If you'd like to send an email to the show, you can email me at earthdestructiondirective at yahoo.com. I respond to all emails, and if you send in some comments, I'll read them on the show. All episodes of Earth Destruction Directive can be found at twotruefreaks.com. You can also find the show on iTunes. Just search for Earth Destruction Directive. You can even leave an iTunes review if you want. You can get in touch with the show on Facebook. Just search for Earth Destruction as the first name and Directive as the last name. You can also get in touch with me on Twitter with the handle LJacone. That's L-J-A-C-O-N-E. And if you want to buy something discussed on the show, head on over to twotruefreaks.com and click on the Amazon.com link on the front page. Any items you buy during your session on Amazon.com will help keep the lights on, and it won't cost you anything extra. Thanks for listening, and be sure to come back next time for more city-stomping fun 
on Earth Destruction Directive. Tune in next time to hear the crusty old podcaster from Oklahoma say, There's a WTF <laughs> moment if I ever saw one. Well, it's big and terrible. More frightening than I ever thought possible.